And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Welcome to the Elevating IT Podcast. It's the end of the week, which means we're hosting the weekly sales wrap on Friday. We're, we're almost to the 4th of July here in the United States, so welcome. And uh, my guest today, we have an MSP interview to talk about how they sell. Uh, Mr. Mark Umstead from Plus One Technology, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I've, I've met you, uh, we've talked numerous times now. Uh, you've been a guest on, on some broadcasts before. So this is like uh, Saturday Night Live, like you're, you know, you host the show and, and yeah. there's a certain like a celebrity that comes with being a guest or being the, the host multiple times. So you're like in that Tom Hanks category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> right, right on. So let's let's just kick things off, man. Let where are you from? Where is Plus One Technology located? So we operate. Uh, we're forty five minutes uh, west of Philadelphia. So we kind of handle. You know, we, we really do our our core customer bases. Um, you know, the Philadelphia area, New Jersey, and uh, the northern side of Maryland. Oh, cool. And how long has your MSP been around? Uh, we've been, I've had the MSP since 2005, so 16 or so years. Cool. And what on earth got you into this stuff? Like, are you a, uh, how did you, how did you get started in, in this? So, you know, everybody's uh, story as to how they got in technology is always pretty funny. Um, I was, uh, my dad worked for an insurance firm and uh, I was, you know, in my teens and I would go help them out in the summer and one of the things I had to do was was log all the loans they had on the books, you know, when they would make new finance agreements and stuff like that. I would write them down on pieces of paper. And and um, after doing that for a while and, and people asking you, oh, well, what happened with this? And you're leafing through, you know, thousands of pieces of paper to try to find something. Um, I just said, there's got to be an easier way to do this. So I started, you know, I bought the, you know, back then it was the how to use Microsoft Access Bible, and it was you know twenty thousand pages or whatever of of how to learn Microsoft Access, and um, I just kind of started you know learning how to do some basic stuff, and and uh, ended up you know writing kind of a pro uh, a database program that kind of ran their whole business, and then uh, it just kind of went from there. I went to college then for you know MIS stuff, and then I got out of college and. Uh, I was doing some sales stuff and I just, uh, you know, kind of stumbled on an opportunity to kind of try this out. And, uh, you know, I opened up my shop with like, you know, way too little money and way too little experience. And, uh, you know, but I, you know, tried it out and I guess so far it's worked. <laughs> That's awesome. And are you a, so you're a techno technology person by trade, right? Like your, your training, were you, would you consider yourself more of a technology person or more sales oriented? I would or? say that I, 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 I am getting to be less of a technology person. You know, <laughs> I think as you kind of, you know, are in this business, as you grow and, and your kind of responsibilities in the company kind of change from being, you know, the technical or the technician to being more of the, you know, the business operations and, and kind of 
you know, being the driver behind the business, you become less technical just because our industry changes every day and you're not in the, you know, you're kind of not in the war, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not handling the incoming support calls or dealing with the new software updates. So, you know, I, I would say that I'm, you know, kind of shifting more from being, you know, probably the the most technical person here to being the least technical person here. And that's, that's a good thing. I think, you know, you're running your business and, right. and that's what I was curious about, you know, this, how big your business is like, so how many employees do you have? So we have six uh, full-time guys. Gotcha. So you, you're really, you really shifted. You made that shift to go from kind of doing the support, doing the technology stuff to running your business. And you're probably out there doing the sales or do you have a sales? Right. Yeah. Right now I, I primarily, I have some, some support in basically the most of the, the kind of pre-sales um, system is to, you know, we have, you know, I have an appointment setter. I have, you know, some people helping me with actually completing some of the marketing tasks, but I, I kind of work on designing the, the campaigns and, and then meet, you know, having the calls or the, the physical meetings with the customers to kind of, you know, close the deal. Cool. And you do, do you do QBRs and then you, are you the person who does QBRs? Usually um, there's, you know, about three of us total that'll do the QBRs depending on kind of who the point on that account is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do probably the majority of the QBRs, but you know, there are other people that do the QBRs too, depending on, um, just because of the size, you know, our customer base. Now we handle, um, around, you know, as managed services clients, we have like about 150. So, um, the QBRs can be a lot, especially, you know, the beginning of the year and then after tax season, cause we handle a lot of accountants. So, um, it can just be a lot where, you know, somebody else may have to pick it up just from scheduling. Right. Are you doing it with all clients or do you do like, okay, certain size clients? Like obviously if somebody's break fix, you're not going to do an uh, QBR. Right. But do you have the certain tiers where, you know. Yeah, so we um, we try to have a meeting with every client regardless of size at least once a year. So no matter who you are, we try to, you know, have a phone call or, or you know, at least, you know, an email exchange that just says, hey, you know, is there anything we need to talk about at least once a year? And then we kind of tier it based on, um, size and, and customer need. I mean, we have some customers that are, you know, small and in, in employee count or revenue, but they just, you know, they want to be, you know, in communication with us and, you know, that's, that's fine. I mean, we'll just do it more often if that's what they want to do. Cool. And so how's business? Like, uh, we, we are in July of yeah. 2021 as we're recording this. And obviously this has been an interesting year. How was business yeah. for you through COVID? How, is business now what's your forecast you know what are you what are you looking yeah. at so uh yeah i mean 2020 was uh we had a kind of a, a growth year in 2020 we hired um two more people in 2020 um and obviously the beginning of covid like i'm sure every other msp out there was crazy you know trying to um help people that were not ready for any kind of you know work from home uh it was you know kind of a great experience for those you know we've been kind of preaching this you know, hybrid work, cloud approach for, you know, at least five or six years. So we did have a number of clients that were, you know, didn't see any kind of change in their business. You know, I mean, they, they thought, you know, actually <laughs> were like, wow, you said, you know, we could all work from home and we, we all went home and we could. So, um, 
you know, that was a really positive experience for a lot of people. And we had some companies because of that, um, you know, get rid of their office. You know, we have some clients that um, transition completely away from physical location. Um, we also had, you know, the clients that didn't do any of those things or have any of those technologies in place. And then it was like, you know, the, the, uh, holy crap, what are we going to do? You know? Uh, so it was a little crazy the first couple of months. Um, we didn't really, we don't have a, a lot in, in retail or hospitality. I mean, we do have some and obviously it was, it was tough for them, but we didn't, uh, lose anybody. We didn't have, you know, anybody go out of business, uh, because of the, pandemic. So we were a little insulated from that just because of our niche clientele. And, and really we saw, because we do handle a lot of accountants, uh, their business got better, you know, because of all the, you know, different tax change. I mean, everybody needed uh, somebody to do their taxes. I mean, you, you just, it was impossible, you know, <laughs> if you made right. any kind of money in 2020 or had any of these programs that you took advantage of, like you needed to have somebody um, you know, professional do your taxes. So they all had a, a great year. You know, I mean, it was a challenging year because of, you know, tax code changes and all this other stuff, but they all had a great year. So in, in turn, you know, we had a really uh, great 2020. I think we ended up, um, you know, with around 18% revenue growth in 2020. So, um, and we're, we're hoping to hit, you know, another to at least match that in, in 2021. So, um, you know, that's our, that's our goal. We'll see, you know, we're, we're on pace for it right now. So, you know, you always have to, you never know where things are going to go, but we're definitely seeing an, an acceleration of, you know, new people coming on and existing clients that were kind of, you know, maybe afraid to make some, you know, larger investments are, are now kind of, you know, coming back and saying, oh yeah, you know, we, we, we got to do that. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a good 2021. Congrats. That's great. It's great to hear. Um, you know, I know some people are out there struggling and, and you know, there's a lot of MSPs are doing great. Like I hear that more than I hear the bad, right? Like right. I hear that people had a great 2020, um, their clients had good 2020 and, and they're, they're looking at a great 2021. So nice to hear that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely good. I mean, uh, I think uh, Kevin O'Leary was speaking at an event, you know, uh, a couple months ago and he said, he basically said to all the MSPs, if you can't double your business by the end of the year, you're doing something wrong. So I, I don't think we'll double our business, but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if we can hit that, you know, 20% mark, I'd, you know, I'd be happy with that. Awesome. Well, I hope you do double your business. <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, selling and, and, and that kind of thing. Lean into this because I'd like to explore you know, how you're selling, how you're bringing on clients, you know, what you're doing. And, and let's start with prospecting, you know, that the, the, nothing happens until you obviously have an appointment scheduled. Sure. So what are you doing or like our, what, what, tell, tell us about how you're getting your, your clients. Now. Sure. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do every year, because, you know, we have a, a pretty good niche in, you know, the accounting and CPA firms is right after tax season's over, which is typically, you know, the end of April, beginning of May. This year, it was the end of May, June, beginning of June. June. Yeah. Um, we really, we that's when we really kind of hit harder prospecting. And because of our, you know, because of the, you know, our customer value, our acquisition costs can be a little higher. So we, we do spend some money on those campaigns. So like this year, what we did is we got a bunch of logoed beach towels 
and some logoed sunscreen and, and just kind of sent out, you know, some, some boxes to, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of accountants and just said, Hey, you know, tax season's over. It's time to take a break. You know, during that break, if, if, you know, you didn't have a great tax season technology wise, um, you know, let's just schedule a call and, and, and see if we can, um, you know, if there's anything we can do to help you. So, uh, that program works great. And one of the things that we do that kind of makes it work is I, I, we send a simple follow-up email, um, usually a day or two after they get it to the person we address the box to. And it just, all the email says is, Hey, did you get, you know, I, I sent you a box. Did you get it? Nothing else, not, not schedule me, nothing. Just did you get the box? And you almost always will get, you know, the person's going to answer because we're kind of built to answer, you know, simple questions. Right. And, They'll, they'll, you know, you'll get a response. Hey, yeah, I got it. Or, or no, I didn't get it. Or, you know, one guy I went back and forth with, with four or five times as to why he didn't, you know, maybe why he didn't get the box, you know? So, um, so you did a little and, tech support. On, yeah. On I mean, shipping. so it was just like, you know, he was like, oh, well, we're a virtual office. And then the thing went to our virtual office and I don't know who gets the mail, you know? So, um, but it starts the conversation, right? I mean, that's all we're yeah. trying to do in marketing is is just kind of, you know, let's start the, you know, start a conversation with somebody. So, um, and usually, you know, just saying, hey, did you get it? They, they respond with, you you know, either yes or no. And then you can be like, hey, you know, I'd, you know, like to, you know, see if you got five minutes or, or, and a lot of times they'll tell you, you know, if they get the box, because, you know, it's pretty clear in the marketing that we send, what we're trying to do. So they may say, yeah, I got it. You know, I have a guy, you know, that I'm really happy with or whatever. Um, but we do get, you know, a fair number of them that say, Hey, yeah, I got it. And, uh, you know, I'd like to talk to you, you know, so, um, it works and it's, you know, it is expensive. You obviously can't do that for everybody. And, and the marketing in there is explicitly geared to their industry. So, um, it's real specific to them. So it, the marketing talks to them. So they, they understand that we know, you know, how their business works. And, and, and I think just the timing of the, the package kind of indicates that too. So that's one of the things we do for, you know, the accountants that works, you know, very well, you know, is, is kind of, you know, I think in, in any kind of targeted marketing, if people understand that, you know, their business, you're going to be more successful. So you're marketing, so you're sending them a package, obviously, and it's got materials in there, probably some mm -hmm. materials. You're leading them to a web website. Yep. Like, yeah, I don't we know have how... some uh, reports in there and stuff like that, you know, um, that, that kind of, you know, are targeted towards their business. Gotcha. And what were your results from that one campaign? Like, so we, we sent out, I think it was around, I think it was 155 that we sent out and we had a conversation um, either v email or phone call with a, at least 80 of those people out of the 150. So um, now some of those obviously were, hey, I got, you know, I, I have somebody I'm not interested. But, you know, for me, I always like to say in marketing, but I, I want the information, right? So we obviously spend, a, everybody spends a lot of time and 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 money marketing to somebody. So if you kind of know that it's a no, you know, it, it's sometimes great just to get that answer. So you're not, you're not wasting any money or resource on those people. And there's, 
you know, in our business, there, there's plenty of customers, you know, so we don't need to be hard selling people. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's like, let's make a list of every objection and and come up with a way around it and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, there's just so many fish in the pond that if somebody says I'm not interested, then, I, you know, I'll find the next guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, drive a wedge. Now, do we continue to kind of drip marketing those people at, at a much lower cost? Sure. Because, you know, a not interested today is not a not interested ever, you right. know? So, um, we'll, we'll continue to do, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a biannual, you know, postcard mailer that they might get, you know, with just, you know, a basic, you know, some basic technology stuff or, or we'll keep them on our, our mailing list for, um, you know, if we, we do cybersecurity webinars, so we'll keep them on that list if they want to. And we do get people that'll come back because, you know, just like a your car mechanic, you know, it just takes one bad experience. You know, even if you were using that guy for 10 years, you know, the, the day you get your car back and your tire falls off, you know, like it, it you're, you're going to start it's going to have the wedge, you know, you're going to be start being like, you know, well, you know, I, this guy used to be my favorite. Now he's okay. You know, it's kind of like the pizza place, you know, they're, they're your favorite pizza place until they screw up your order once. And then you're kind of unhappy. If they screw up your order twice, you're going to call somebody else, you know? So it's, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to write somebody off completely. Um, now we do get some that we do write off, you know, it's like, Hey, my brother's my IT guy. So, you're probably not going to get that guy, you know, like, <laughs> so, Never I mean, know those businesses, you know, we kind of mark them, Hey, probably not going to happen, you know? Um, nice. but, uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, we, we don't spend too much time on, on trying to, you know, argue with people if, if they're happy where they're at. Right. And I love that. So you're like on a regular basis. So the course of a year, like, let's just, I know you're doing a lot of different things, but you, sure. you kick that, you kick that one campaign off to accountants at, at that certain time. That's a little more of an expensive, maybe, yeah. you know, higher level touch, but you're sure. getting, a t you're, you're really, you're getting their attention. They're all opening it. Yeah. Then you're sending them an email and that's probably a high response rate. Yeah. So now they're going to probably be more prone to answer your emails down the road. Right how often are you touching them, whether it's email or, you know, postcard or whatever, like, are you, are you hitting them multiple times a month or? Um, yeah, because of our, because of our, you know, they're our kind of core customers, you know, I mean, I always look at marketing, you know, you know, we do some stuff that kind of casts a broad net, you know, like our postcard mailing list is in the thousands, you know, of, of people that are going to get a postcard from us, um, you know, and then our, our kind of our monthly newsletter, um, is probably, you know, five to 600 pe companies that get our monthly newsletter. Cause it's a little more cost than your, your postcard. And then, you know, those, those kind of core customers, you know, our, our accountants, we like to target accountants, um, attorneys and, and, um, healthcare, you know, specifically, uh, dentists and orthodontists, we have a pretty good niche in. So anybody that falls on our core client list, um, they're getting something from us, you know, they're getting the postcard, they're getting the newsletter, but then they're also getting, you know, all the invites. We're gonna we do um, quarterly cybersecurity webinars, so they're getting all those. Um, they're getting anything that, like, if we get, because we try to stay on all the industry mailing lists. So if we see something that's coming out particular into their industry that affects them, that has to do with technology, you know, if it's something that has to do with compliance, we'll send out, you know, uh, you know, an email or something about that. Um, 
We try to combine both email and mailing because, you know, obviously people have to opt in to get your emails, you know, and, and you don't want to bother people too much on email because then you become kind of ignored, you know, whether technically you become ignored. So you go into their, their spam or their, you know, non-focused inbox or, you know, they just unsubscribe or they, you know, you just, it's just too much. So, um, you know, we, we try to also send, you know, stuff via the actual mail because, um, we, we actually see pretty good response now with, you know, regular U S mail. Cool. But I love it. So you're, you're staying consistent with it and, and you're bringing in clients and then obviously, uh, or you're bringing in appointments. So you're feeding that, that pipeline sounds yep. like it's a full pipeline. What happens next? How do you, you know, let's talk about your sales process to, sure. to appointment, technical assessment into a sales presentation or. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you know, I, I know kind of the, the assessments are kind of like the new thing that everybody's trying to, to push now. Um, but you know, I always kind of try to do it a little more personally than that. Cause I really think people's decision to buy from somebody is, is usually a personal decision more than it is the results of, you know, some assessments that they can be helpful, I think. Um, but I think, you know, instead of doing some broad, extensive assessment, just kind of, you know, doing something simple um, and, and maybe, you know, asking them 10 to 15 questions as to, you know, if, if they have this in place, if they have that in place, and then being able to show them, um, you know, with a tool, uh, you know. <laughs> um, and you're you know, welcome to mention whatever tools you use. Whether yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we obviously are, are an audit user um, to you know, for the presentation. Um, sure. And you're and, welcome to mention any vendor's tools. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where, I like, mean, we don't know. really, there's nothing that we explicitly use for the assessments. It's, you know, a couple off, you know, you know, kind of mainly most of the assessment tools we kind of built uh, our, our, ourselves because we don't, we don't do too much of a, like a, uh, I don't like installing stuff on people's computers or networks before, um, you know, we have any kind of agreement in place. It's just not something, you know, I'm comfortable doing. So, we kind of manually do most of the, the technical assessment. So after we kind of do a, a brief assessment of, you know, kind of what, what they have, what they need. Um, and then we'll just sit down and have a conversation with them. Um, and sometimes that assessment is over the phone, you know, without even seeing anything, because sometimes I feel if they're giving you the information, like, Hey, do you have this? Or do you have, it, it helps them. They're realizing as they're telling you what they don't have, that they don't have it, you know? So, um, right. You know, it's not us just telling them, you know, hey, we're going through our list of all the things, you know, especially anybody that has any kind of compliance requirements when they know in their head they're supposed to have it. You know, I mean, especially, you know, when we do healthcare or or even um, we deal with some clients with, CM, you know, the new CMMC compliance, like they they are aware that they're supposed to have some of this stuff and that they don't have it. So I think them, you know, kind of being a part of the simple assessment process can help, um, you know, can help the sale, honestly, because they're real, you know, they're, you're kind of reinforcing that they know they're supposed to have it and they, and they're telling you they don't have it. Um, and then you're showing them that again, when you do, you know, kind of your, your initial proposal or presentation. Love it. Can you talk about, you know, what's your, what are your conversion rates? Like, what, do you, do you track your close rate and your, all yeah. That kind of so stuff? we, I, I try to track it. Um, we track two because I think it's important to separate 
um, referral business from, you know, kind of homegrown marketing business because your your conversion rate on referral business should be, you know, over eighty five percent. You know, I mean, it should be through the roof um, right. for a referral business. Um, so I, I try to take that out because I I, I think you know, you shouldn't get the the benefits of that when you're looking at, you know, just somebody off the street that has no idea who you are. Yeah, um, I love that you do that. That's very yeah. smart. I mean, I think, I think you got to get it off of there. So our, our overall conversion rate, um, if we have a, you know, we kind of track it if we have a, a call or a presentation, you know, just, just not on cold leads. Um, so we close usually around 65% of the people that we meet with, um, and it's, it, it can actually be a little higher in, in the industry. Uh, you know, if, if you're an accountant or something, just because of the, the laundry list of, of referrals we can provide is it makes it a little, it makes it easier. Um, now that's also, we, I also kind of, um, I'll, I'll caveat that, that number a little bit is, is we remove people that we consider not qualified. So if we meet with them and we kind of, you know, know in the meeting that, you know, they're not a fit for us, you know, one way or another, then we kind of remove them and and we'll often um, just tell them, you know, just, you know, this isn't a fit, you know, so I, I don't want to, you know, because I think it's a good, you know, your personalities have to match too, you know, right. so, um, you know, when you're just starting out, you probably, you know, you kind of shotgun approach and you're going to take anybody and everybody who wants to be your customer. Um, but as you grow, you, you know, I think you kind of realize that um, taking on a customer that's not a good fit for whatever reason usually just doesn't end well. You know, so don't even buy, you know, going after the incremental revenue just for the incremental revenue um, can often be a mistake. So, uh, you know, we try not to, to, if, if it's not a good fit, we, we won't even really kind of go down that path. Agree with you hundred percent. And you were, we were talking about this before the show. I'd love for you to share this. You, you were mentioning that you were writing some, some, uh, you had some notes on three questions. Every prospect looks to answer during your initial call. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So I was talking to, um, a guy who's just starting out in the space, right? So he's he's kind of a brand new MSP, just opened up, is trying to, you know, f- you know, kind of figure out all the 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 processes and everything. Um, and he was kind of going through some stuff, and he was like, "Well, hey, do you do this in the you know the initial meeting?" And I said, "Really, you know, you want to, you need to be able to answer three, you know, three questions in the meeting um, that every you know that the prospect is looking for you." And I, I the, the first one is, uh, does this person understand my business? So do they, you know, the prospect wants to understand that you understand how their business works, how they make money, how, you know, what the, what their, you know, what the basic workflow of the business in their industry is. Um, the second one is, do I trust this person? Right. Can I trust this person? You know, especially in our field where, you know, a guy told me years ago, he's like picking an IT guys, like getting married because, you know, all the, you know, we have access to, you know, all their data, all their stuff, and they, they completely rely on us for, you know, when things go south. So, you know, they, you really have to instill that, that you're trustworthy and that you're going to do what you say you're doing because, you know, they don't have a way to double check you, you know, really. So, um, you know, that's number two. And the third one is, is can they afford or do and do they see value in the services that you're going to provide? at the price you want to provide them at. So, 
you know, if you're going to charge X, do they, you know, can they, first, can they afford it? And, and two, do they see the value in, in, in that money that they're going to spend in what they're going to get back? So I always think that they're the three most important things. So anytime I try to sit down with a customer, I always think of those three because that's really what they're after, you know? So you don't want to get bogged down in, in the specific details of what you're going to do. You know, obviously that's important when you go to, you know, provide a quote and everything, you're going to have to review everything. But when you're initially just trying to sell, Hey, deal with me. Right. I think those are the three things that you got to make sure that you hit on in order to, you know, cause initially you're the one sitting in front of them. So you're just selling you, you know, obviously there's a team of people behind you and there's a company and there's ideals of the company and all that. But like if they don't personally like you, I mean, first of all, they don't like you. You're you're probably done, regardless yeah. of how good your stuff is or whatever. Like if if they personally get you know kind of a, a bad vibe from you, it's it's probably not going to happen. So you know, I just I think those three things are really where we try to focus in the initial you know, are you going to hire me meeting, right. and that's why I also think it's important to try to break it up. You know, don't come into the initial meeting with pages and of course, you know, if the company needs a lot of work, like trying to sell them on hardware upgrades, you know, doing a voice over IP system, you know, if you go in there with like a hundred thousand dollars worth of quotes and try to walk out with a signature on all that, like the day they meet you, like good luck, you know, <laughs> if you could sell that, whatever, come call me, you know, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so I, I, I think, you know, initially we try to get them, you know, just comfortable with dealing with us, you know, what, what, what do we offer? How much is it going to be um, for, you know, just for the basic kind of support? And then, you know, and then we'll, we'll have usually another meeting to kind of go through the details. Once we kind of understand, you know, what's in their environment, you know, what has to happen, how behind are they on technology? What are their goals? Um, and, and those types of things. But I, you know, I just try to focus on not doing, you know, trying to shotgun them all at once with a whole bunch of stuff. Gotcha. And what does that look like? Like how did you know, talk a little bit about what your presentations look like and what you drive them through and how you, you know, how you run your, run those, those meetings. Sure. I love so, the way you, that you're not like, you're not selling them like, uh, you know, a, 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 a private Island on the first yeah. I mean, so we, we usually, it, it'll kind of, the tone of the meeting will kind of depend on, you know, how they came to us. Right. So if they're a cold lead and, and we reach out to them and they agreed to a meeting, um, then what I usually do is, um, you know, the, the audit tool, you know, has the, I forget what it's called. It's like the thing where you take the notes, whatever it's called. The fact finder. Yeah. The fact finder report. Sorry. Yes. The fact finder report, which is essentially like all the different, you know, I, I would, they're called products, you know, but products or services that, that we believe they should have in place. And then we just kind of, I, I try to go through them, but in a conversational piece, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to sit there like, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have that? Um, you know, but we kind of, I try to get to them all as we're, you know, kind of talking. And then um, I usually ask them if I can do a tour, you know, which, which kind of sounds stupid, but I always say, you know, hey, can I, you know, just have a, you know, give me a tour of your building. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, let me do, you know. So we'll walk around and and when you do the tour, you know, it's not, 
it's not just a tour to make them happy, but it's it's a tour because as you start to look around, you can start to get a feel as to you know what the deal's going to be. You know, if you see the the cobwebs on the floor and the wiring, and and all the computers look like they're 15 years old, um, it's easier than sitting in the room with them and asking them how old the equipment is because number one, it's going to be wrong. You know, because almost everybody that we meet with is like, oh, yeah, these computers are five years old, you know, and then we run the serial yeah. numbers and they're, you know, they haven't been, they're 23 years old, you know, so. And Atari uh, from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so we try to, you know, I, I think if you, if you ask for a tour of the facility, you can learn a lot just by kind of looking around. Um, you can kind of gain some information that'll help you in the, in the presentation. And it also, you know, might help you determine you know, whether it's going to be, you know, a good fit or not. I mean, if you walk around and everything looks like it's 20 years old and the first thing out of the guy's mouth is, how are you going to save me money? You know, maybe you just want to leave, you know, I mean, because, you know, the most of us, that's not what we're in the, you know, we're not looking to limp around old equipment forever um, because it's just a risk to us. And, you know, when it breaks, they're going to be yelling at us and it's, that doesn't help anybody. Um so I, th I think that's, you know, one way that you can really um, gain some information, you know, without really doing too much. Love it. And then when you structure your your um, presentation, you know, I know you, you, you're not obviously an audit user. You've been using it for a while and you, that's what you're presenting with. Do you have a certain, I mean, audit's a simple tool as far as you're basically reporting on the facts. Like, how do you... Talk about how you put yours together and, and what your presentation is like. Sure. So we um, we perform the baseline audit. So they're going to see, you know, the report that says, you know, and that's usually what we show them. And that's what we use kind of a, as our conversation piece without talking about pricing. We don't put any kind of pricing in the audit thing. Um, so I don't use, uh, there is a financial details thing that you can use in audit. We don't. I don't really use it because I've found that when you put the number in there, that's what they think about for the whole thing. You know, <laughs> as soon as they see the number, especially if it says, Hey, you're spending 500 bucks and I want you to spend a thousand, like you get tuned out for the rest of the day, you know, because the, the, all they're thinking about is that $500 Delta. So I try to just walk through the actual um, presentation, you know, Hey, this is what you have. This is what you don't have. And really what I try to explain it as is not the technical, like, oh, well, I want you to have a, a BDR device because this way, you know, your server's going to get backed up every hour. And, you know, all this, all we always try to explain it in business terms, right? So if you have this, your downtime gets cut, you know, from three days to two hours, you know, so if something happens, you're only going to be down for a couple hours instead of a couple days. All the other crap for the benefits of BDR, nobody cares about. So, um, you know, we always tr try to explain it in a term, you know, in in business terms, what that benefit means to their business, right? Whether it's reduced downtime, whether it's, you know, keeping you from getting, hey, if you get a ransomware infection, you're going to be down for whatever, 20 days, you're going to lose all this, you know, explain it like that. And don't talk about, you know, the technical backgrounds of, of kind of the benefits that we may get as an MSP um, 
or even Jeez. some of the the technical reasons. And you're really keeping the you're really working to keep the technology, the tech talk, or the you're simplifying it, and you're, you're really right. keeping that at a business level and, and explaining to them what it means to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, what what are you doing? You know, because a lot of what we do now is is just risk mitigation, right? So we're just trying to lower your risk of some bad effect, and what we're really trying to do is lower your risk of the things that have a higher probability of happening with a high impact on your business, right? So if those things right now may be, you know, ransomware infections, or they can be, you know, a lot of times they're simple things like power outages, right? I mean, I mean, right now, you know, that's probably the biggest thing that we see all the time is power outage, you know? So power outage or an internet outage can be extremely detrimental. You know, if you're a, a wholesaler or something and you don't have power or internet for the day, you just lost the day's worth of sales, which could be, you know, $100,000, you know, yeah, depending on the size of your business, it could be extremely detrimental to your business. So, you know, what are simple things that we can, and those things are easy to mitigate, right? So you get a secondary internet connection. You can get battery backup units. If it's powers that critical to your business, you get a whole building generator, which, you know, the, the upfront expense can be large for some of that stuff. For some of it's small, you know, getting a secondary internet connection for, you know, a wholesaler that does, you know, $50,000 a day in sales or a hundred thousand dollars, you know, a couple you know, 150 bucks a month, you know, is nothing compared to losing a day's worth of sales. And, if you go to them and say, give me $150 a month without them understanding why you're asking, it's a lot harder, you know? Right. So we try to lead with the question first, you know, do, you know, we kind of walk through a, a risk analysis with the, with the clients to, you know, what are your biggest, you know, what are these items that are the biggest, you know, highest probability with the biggest impact on your business and which, and what can we do to mitigate them? So if you talk about the risk and the effects of the risk before you talk about the cost to mitigate it, it makes the cost seem less. Right. And, you know, just to kind of bring this, bring this home, the, you know, I'm on a mission and we are here at, at, our, at my company audit it's to get people to talk, you know, you know, to, to help elevate it. I mean, that's the name of the podcast. That's our goal. And by doing by doing that, we feel that the the whole world benefits, right? The, the MSP benefits because they're they're running a better business. The small business, small and medium business benefits because they're getting the service they need. So as you're and I don't know how you did this prior to you. Maybe you have always been really talking business needs with them. Uh, did you did, you know what what do you see from on the other side of the table as they're you know, gaining the, the insight into what you're, you're sharing with them. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the big things that we, we just saw, and I, I just kind of wrote a, um, uh, a short, um, article that's, uh, you know, it's like 20 pages long on, on a, um, how small business should be doing an, an annual risk assess, you know, risk analysis and not just, you know, not just technology, just, you know, sit down and spend, you know, two to three hours a year doing, um, you know, just a basic risks, risk analysis. You know, if you're in a partnership, like what, you know, do you have everything in place if, you know, God forbid, Bob, your partner is, is you know, gets hit by a bus or, you know, whatever, or a key employee you have is, is you know, quits one day, like what, 
you know, what is your plan in place? And I think just having, you know, some of the business owners that we talk to, them just kind of bringing up those questions internally, I think is real, you know, has really opened their eyes into, you know, some of these big risks that they may have to their business that they just didn't think about, you know, or, or didn't want to think, you know, nobody wants to think about some of this stuff, you know? Um, but if you're a business, like you have to, you have to think about it. Like, you know, what do you do if something happens to you? You know, like what is the plan? Um, you know, if, if something happens to you, do you really want the business to just, you know, die? You know, I mean, and it's one thing to say, oh yeah, you know, you know my brother's going to run the business, you know, does your brother have any idea how to run the business? You know? So, um, you know, just having, you know, sitting down for a couple hours, you know, once a year to just kind of have the conversation, Hey, what are our big risks? You know, do we have, you know, we see some businesses that have, you know, 60% or more of the revenue is tied to a single customer, right? You know, if you're in manufacturing or something like that, and and, and you're heavy, heavily reliant on a single customer, you know, you know, what do you, what's the plan if, if that customer goes away? You know, so I think just basic things like that, um, of having those conversations with just identifying and, and trying to mitigate as best as you can, um, just overall business risk is something that I think businesses are really starting to come around to with all these kind of external things that are happening, you know, with the pandemic and, and ransomware and all these, you know, kind of real bad external risks. I think people are more open to, to now just sitting down and be like, yeah, you know, what are all these things that could possibly happen? And obviously some of them, the pandemic, I don't think anybody saw coming, or I don't think many of us had pandemic plans, but, um, the, you know, many of them come down to the same types of things, you know, like loss of access to your building or, you know, the, those types of things. So I think it's just conversations that everybody should really be, you know, having with, you know, with their business uh, internally. Makes sense. That's perfect. Great place to leave off, Mark. Thanks uh, for being on here and chatting sure. with me. I could keep going for, for the rest of the day. This is fun. Uh, so we'll have to have you back for a fourth, fifth, visit you, you, know, you can get your jacket your your guest host jacket oh yeah there you go i'll get my stem microphone or whatever and my prize wheel <laughs> yeah exactly well how can people uh follow you on social media or get in touch with you if they'd like to sure obviously um you know uh you can visit our website at uh plus one technology or um you know i'm on linkedin you can just look up my name on linkedin i think i'm the only mark with a c umstead on linkedin um and then, uh, you know, uh, you can email me at mark at plus one technology.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mark. Thank you for being here. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. And everybody yeah, have a good celebrating, fourth. please. And, uh, you know, don't blow any fingers off. <laughs> don't scare any dogs. That's and, right. Uh, until we meet again, keep on elevating IT, everybody. <laughs> thanks, Mike.